Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Here we go once again for Growing in Grace. I'm Mike Kapler along with Joel Brzezinski. Thank you for taking about 15 minutes with us here again for our weekly podcast of Growing in Grace. And please share it with somebody. Email it, Facebook it, whatever you'd like to do. Let somebody know where they can find it. And Joel, as we mentioned before, you've got uh, all the programs from the past, has it been over five years now, all the programs archived on your website, graceroots.org, right? Every single one of them. So if you want to have like a growing in grace fest, we've got hours and hours of fun and giggles for anyone who wants to listen. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I'm, gl- I'm actually, I was, I was talking to you about this before we uh, were recording here, but somebody had asked a question on the uh, the uh, the gig cast page, the Growing in Grace uh, page that we have up on, it's a blogger page, gigcast.graceroots.org, which you can find by simply going to graceroots.org. But anyway, somebody asked a question on there, and I was able to refer them back to a former program, a previous program that we had recorded. I am the type that I love discussing things with people, and sometimes I'm pressed for time, and it's just good to, to refer somebody back to something. Yeah, it's it's been nice to be able to do that once in a while because, you know, some subjects, some programs, we spent some time and, and got in uh, a lot of detail on that. So it is nice to be able to just flip that link over to them. Uh, last week, Joel, we were talking about the armor of God, and, and we kind of started out talking about how Paul uh, in Ephesians 6.10 said, uh, My brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we kind of broke that down and pointed out the importance of realizing it's not our strength it's be strong in the Lord. It's strength that he's provided for us, his strength. That's the, the short version on that. And then he goes on to talk about putting on the whole armor of God. At verse 14, he said, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on your breastplate of righteousness, or the, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, surrounding yourself with truth, guarding your heart, so to speak, with the breastplate of righteousness, because you know your heart has now been made righteous, it's not only been changed, but you've been recreated in the image of him. And he goes on to say, having your having shod your feet with the preparation of the, the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith, well, to me, Joel, still, uh, generally speaking, and we've talked about faith before, we should probably do it again, but faith is often, in Scripture, the, the opposite of works. And I can tell you that one area where the devil is going to go after people, the enemy is going to try to bring defeat into the lives of people. It's going to be that somehow you still have to do, and believing isn't isn't enough. Trusting in what Christ did and his finished work is not going to be enough. Those are one of the areas, one of the main areas, where those fiery darts of the wicked one are going to really penetrate people if they don't have on the shield of faith. And then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and he goes on to exhort people to to pray. I think some things I I just want to mention here, Joel, that we've said in the past, and and I think this is a good time to bring it up again. You know, we live in a fallen world here, and there's battles and and challenges. But I, I think from a spiritual perspective, one of the biggest challenges that Dr. James B. Richards talked about 
is the battle of identity. The battle of understanding who you are in Christ is going to be one of the biggest battles, one of the main battles that you and I will fight in this life. And as Dr. Richards said, all the other battles in this life revolve around winning this one. If you can win the battle of identity, I think you're going to see the devil, so to speak, the enemy attacking you less and less and less. Because, Joel, as as a younger man, I was into this whole spiritual warfare stuff. And I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm just saying that I I was very focused on the enemy and and being able to, uh, you know... uh, I think within my own strength, more than God's sometimes, I wanted to take on the enemy. And as I began to understand grace and unconditional love and faith versus law and all of this stuff, righteousness as a gift, when I began to understand my identity in him, I just hardly ever see the devil show up anymore. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you were saying the devil does like to bring defeat, and so I think we should have our feet shot with the preparation <laughs> defeat Boo. him i wish i had a gong right now i would gong you uh, but i think you're right and i've heard a lot of people actually say that over the years that that i've been growing in grace and, and that i've been living out this life with with other people who have been growing in grace as well that the devil doesn't seem to be that much of a pesk anymore because they have become more and more solidified in their identity, they become more and more solidified in the gifts, so to speak, that God is walking in, that they're walking in, that God has given them. And that's why, you know, beforehand, before we were recording here, Cap, you know, you were talking, we were talking about this whole idea, you were asking me, you know, since Paul talks about, uses this imagery, he uses the imagery girding your waist with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, um, your feet shod with the the preparation of the gospel of peace, and so on and so forth. Is there a reason why he uses each specific, you know, part of the armor of God with 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 each specific thing? And you know, I think we both kind of agree that there there's got to be a reason for all. That. And and you began bringing up some of those things: the breastplate of righteousness to guard your heart. And uh, one thing that I did that actually helped me to kind of understand some of the things that Paul is talking about here was before understanding what each little bit of armor has to do with, I actually stripped away, in my mind, the imagery. And this is just a temporary thing. Maybe I'll just name the seven things that Paul talks about here. If you strip away the imagery of the armor, he's talking about truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God, and prayer. Those are the seven things that he's talking about in this passage. And I got to thinking about this, that each and every single one of these things are a gift. It's it's a gift that we walk in. It's not something that we muster up in and of ourselves. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, and salvation, the Word of God, and prayer, all of these things are something that God provides for us by his grace. And that, to me, takes away all of the uh, me, the self, trying to muster all these things up. And then once I understand what all these things are, the gift that each one of these things are, then let's put back on the imagery and understand 
the waist, you know, girded, gird your waist with truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And again, guard your heart with the gift of righteousness that God has given you. It's not me trying to go out and try to be righteous to guard my heart, but it's the gift of righteousness that God has provided for me. I'm having my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm, you know, Paul said how beautiful, Actually, he was quoting from the Old Testament, I think, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The gospel of peace, having your feet prepared with that, running with the gospel of peace, so to speak, and so on and so forth. So anyway, it helped me, this is me personally, to strip away that imagery at first and to understand that it was all a gift and then to come back and and to begin to apply it. Well, and something kind of interesting that we talked about last week, Joel, when we were talking about being strong in the Lord, and that as we looked at that word in the Greek, it implied that uh, strength has been provided to us already. It's not something that we conjure up like we would when we were lifting weights physically. Uh, this is something that's been given to us. It's been, we've been supplied with it. And then uh, that, that word endued, to be endued with strength is one of the definitions in the word strong. Uh, there's, there's another uh, secondary definition for that word endue, and it's not used as often, but it means to put on a piece of clothing. As he gets ready to talk about being strong in the Lord and putting on the whole armor of God, it's as if God has dressed us with these qualities that you were just talking about, truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, the word of God, salvation, and prayer. All these things are a part of who we are now. We've been provided with this. And even the word stand implies, where it says stand therefore, having it implies to be set in place. If you look at some of the definitions in the Greek, as if, you know, instead of if I were to get up from this chair right now, I, I would be standing. But it's almost as if God placed me to stand. It's And that's why we wanted last week to, to point out the importance of, of this before we started talking about the armor. And I think it's becoming even more obvious to me now as we discuss this, hmm. is that God has provided us with this already. And it's a part of who we are. And being able to stand against the schemes of the, of the enemy. Remember back in the garden, Adam and Eve, the whole, the whole battle that was taking place there was centered around the battle of identity again. Uh, they didn't believe that God, what God had, had said about them, so to speak. The devil comes along and contradicts what God said. And, uh, they, they just didn't believe God. And, and they believed the lie. And uh, they they didn't realize that they were already like God. Mm -hmm. The devil said, you know, eat the fruit and you'll become like the Most High. They didn't realize they already were. Mm -hmm. They had the very nature of God. And so that that is much of the battle that we fight today and and why we should be aware that uh, the whole armor of God is an important part of that. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, one thing I thought that occurred to me as you were talking there, the whole idea of put on the whole armor of God, it's indeed, it's something that we already have, but it's something that we can choose at any given moment to not walk in it. I mean, we can choose to walk by the flesh any time that we want to, and I think the a good exhortation here is to, hey, quit walking according to the flesh, quit trying to do all this stuff all by yourself. You know, what, obviously, uh, something we've talked about plenty of times in the past, that a definition of the flesh isn't just doing bad, <laughs> but it's trying to do good by yourself. It's it's trying to fight these uh, these battles in and of ourselves. So to put on the whole armor of God, to me, means walk in the gifts that we've been given instead of trying to do it all by ourselves. 
Well, and that's a good point, because Paul said in Romans chapter 13, uh, let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, uh, chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's an interesting phrase. Before that, Joel, he, he mentioned the, the armor of light. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And then a couple verses later he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And you and I know that there's nothing that I can do to, to put on Christ other than to believe. Mm-hmm. So Christ is already mine. He's not only on me, as we were talking about with the armor, putting on the armor, he's in me because my nature has been changed to uh, one of righteousness like his, not by anything that I've done, just by simply believing in his finished work. Yeah, well, his finished work is definitely uh, what we trust in. And I know, Cap, I know that one thing that probably, I'm, I'm sure you would have said at one point in your Christian life, and something I said as well, is that I'm just striving i'm just trying to be more like jesus i just gotta be more like jesus (laughs) Uh, i guess i can speak for both of us that we don't see things that way anymore we're not trying we gave up trying to be like jesus find out what we're talking about when we say that what do we mean we're not trying to be like jesus we'll talk about that next week right here on growing in grace This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.